This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaren.com. Today is October 14th, 2019, and it's rapid reaction time. Of course, the Falcons lost, which they seem to do a lot of lately. And I got Calhoun with me, and we're going to talk about this most embarrassing loss to the Cardinals. What's up, homie? What's going on, my boy? Chilling. Which Cardinals was the most embarrassing? Which one was the worst? The Cardinals Sunday or the Braves lost to the Cardinals Wednesday? The Braves lost to the Cardinals. That was historic. And one, and two, the Braves had the whole city believing in it. Like, and baseball is such a long, baseball is such a long way to a short thing. So baseball is how they portray six on TV, where you four playing for an hour, you're kissing and touching, and you finally get there, and it's just pure ecstasy. That's how they play. That's how baseball season plays out. But in this case, with the Braves, it was all foreplay. Then it's fine time for you to stick it in, and you can't get hard. You sitting up somewhere in the corner, jacking off a little jack and a limp dick. So hold on, this never happens to me. Yeah, so that's what the Braves was. And they went all the games in the series. It was a best of five series. It was game five at home. A team that you be a team you're better than, top to bottom. And you do what Atlanta team does. It's amazing. It's amazing. So just before we get half into the facts, I'm not going to do another podcast on this. I saw we had reposted the worst week in Atlanta. This is up there with that week. Oh, no. Nah, this isn't. No, nah, I reposted the Forever I Hate Atlanta Sports podcast. Excuse me. I reposted the Forever I Hate Atlanta Sports podcast with obvious reasons, right? Like the Falcons. Yeah, but we also had the worst day in Atlanta Sports podcast. And I don't think that's it. I don't think nothing tops the Falcons Super Bowl. Yeah, but that wasn't in that po- that wasn't that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh we had yeah. the worst day that worst yeah. the the original worst day in Atlanta sports where all three teams lost in the same time or whatever on the right. same day. It was Monday. I think that was two thousand fifteen. It was like Monday, right. October some two thousand fifteen. I know what podcast you're talking about. Yeah, so, so go ahead. This is our this is our mo with Atlanta because we had it again because last Sunday Falcon got their ass handed to them by the Texans right and then the house yes it's preseason but then the house go ahead and lose in their preseason game they go to Zion got her ass blown out and then the Braves lost I was on the Braves train I mean I don't know if the listeners know but we talk about it you hear me in the groups and all that I've been on the Braves for a while now I was on everybody was on the Braves eighties and nineties. But I got back on the train because we all fell off around 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. Just off of baseball, period. Got boom. But I got back on the Braves train when they had the dirty boys with the pitching staff and young boys. But then, you know, that sort of thing. But I was watching. But I was all in on the Acuna, Albies, Freeman, uh, Swanson, Donaldson. I'm all in. So I've been watching all these games. I'm heavily invested in the Braves. And they did what Atlanta team does. And then Georgia lose to a 2-3 and three South Carolina team Saturday. Right? We all knew Georgia Tech was going to lose. But then the Falcons follow up with losing to one of the worst teams in football yesterday. So so we can talk about all – do you want to do a separate podcast and talk about all these individually, or do you want to just mix it all into this podcast? We'll do a separate podcast talking about all of them and bring some of the – because we'll just make this about the Falcons. But we'll do another podcast talking about how shitty that week was for another sports and sports tournament. Okay. But at this point, let's be honest, you're pretty much numb to it, right? Like, do you expect any of these teams to win? Do you care about them like you used to? It's just like being in love. Your first relationship gave everything you got. You only have so many more of those left in you. Like, you only got one, you only got a few I die, I lay on the sword for this shit. And after a while, it's like, hey, man, if it happened, it happened. If it don't, it don't. Yeah, it's okay, but, you know, whatever. That's what it ends up being. 
Agreed. So that's there we go. So let's go back to this. We're gonna talk more about those ones in a separate podcast. I'm glad you said that. You asked the I told you the Braves, which I'm assuming you agree that the Braves lost to the Cardinals is more is more embarrassing. Correct? Oh, without a doubt. But I think that this is the most embarrassing loss in the Dan Quinn era. Really? No, I don't I don't believe that. So the Super Bowl is the most tragic loss. And I'm saying from this standpoint. I think that's the most embarrassing loss. It's the, it's embarrassing, but it's tragic. But again, you look at the opponent. They lost to, you know, one of the arguably the greatest team, you know, combo of all time, right? So how they lost, yes. If you just fifty years from now, if you just saw if somebody just saw the box score, it wouldn't be like, What? They you know what I'm saying? They lost to them. I think that San Francisco when they lost to Blaine Gabbert was bad. But this Arizona team is painfully they're horribly coached. Kyler Murray's overrated. Like it showed this game showed you how shitty that team was. They ran off on the Falcons and let the Falcons run back off on them. And this was a game in all seriousness. The Falcons should have won. Like just on the field, not even where they are as a team on October fourteenth, October thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Just that game played out to a game that a halfway decent team wins, and they they lost. And they lost in the most ass grinching fashion. So I I think that from the standpoint of who they lost to, this is the most embarrassing loss of Dan Quinn here. Yeah, Quinn got some doozies. So I again and this is why we've been well, I've been campaigning for him to be fired since year one. Because when they lost to the Colts in year one, that, that was a bad loss. Because that wasn't a Andrew Luck. Uh, lost, and it wasn't even Danny or Jacoby Brissett. Then it was, I think, an old house back that was a bad coach. Andrew Luck was hurt. When I went on that ski with all them bad teams, they had some bad losses, some very bad losses. So, it's hard to say with that guy, man. That guy, that guy, that, he, he, Falcons, they, they find ways to lose, and that guy have embarrassments. I don't think the Carters was an embarrassing loss. They actually was in the game. So um, I'm just saying from a strictly standpoint, who they lost to. The quality of the team they lost to. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, again, I can't say it. This was a bad loss, though. Uh, and the, to think that we was even in a dogfight with them people, we shouldn't even been. That's, that game should have been like a blowout in that way. Cardinals have no defense, and their red zone offense is worse than the Falcons. So the Cardinals can't move the ball. So you asked me last week after the podcast in some unbroadcasted um, content that, hey, who do I think we're going to win? And I told you I think the Cardinals were going to win. And I said the Falcons can't stop the pass, and the one thing the Cardinals can do is pass. Lo and behold, the Falcons can't stop the pass, and the one thing the Cardinals can do halfway decent is pass. But not only that. They were running on the Falcons. Like, that first half, they were doing what they wanted to do to the Falcons. And they wasn't even running with, with their starting. Like, it wasn't even Johnson. It was Edmonds. They didn't <coughs> know who they got one. They didn't even heard of that guy. At one point, this was yeah. in the first quarter, the Cardinals were getting seven yards of play. They went five for five. The first five possessions, they scored all five possessions. Like, it was a nosebleed. And for some reason, I don't understand. Now, see, now I'm going to get riled up. And I was already fine. I don't know what the fuck Dan Quinn thinks. I, I don't know what's on his fucking mind. I don't know what the fuck he's looking at. I have no idea what his thought process is. God don't know what his thought process is. Oh, stupid-ass defense that he called. It's so apparent. It's so blatant. Like, it is the worst. It's the dumbest thing to look at. He'll get in zones. Say that again. 
God is making him star KZ. And he refused to do it. We came into the season, he should start over Colorado. Fan base gets split in hand. Fine, he gonna put him at the nickel. Kid don't look the same as the nickel, no lie. Even though he can, he's better than everybody on our defense, on our defensive back. He don't look like the player he was last year. That's why he don't have any exception. He they nullify his playmaking ability by putting him on the nickel. That's what they did. That's what he done. And he's out of position a lot of times when he could have been going as a fucking safety. So what happened? God says, I'm going to help this idiot out. Because clearly he's a retarded buffoon who got conceived by ass rape. Anyway, Keanu Neal goes down. Well, this is a no-brain. And in the past, league, this is probably the best. Especially when you're 31st in the league and points allowed at 27th in the past game. Clearly you want receivers to come over these bullshit cornerbacks. And he wants to follow up in the ability. And that's what both of them get. The Kings and Rick are going to go out for each other. So, what they do? Try to trash ass Duke Brown for some no name motherfucker in Philly. And the draft board, mind you. Get this motherfucker. Game, the first game he's in, he gets hurt. Well, a guy step in. Now, sure, they have to go back to Tommy Casey. So, he goes back to Kamal Israel. Why I have no fucking clue. You make no sense. That makes no, it makes no sense what he's doing on defense. None. He drops back his DNs all the time. Falcons are tied for the league worst. Insects. They have, they play more games than they have sex. So let me ask you this. We know a guy who coaches high school. He's a defense coordinator. And one of his favorite sayings is, it's not the X's and the O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. How much of this do you think is the X's and the O's? How much of this do you think is the Jimmy's and the Joe's? Ninety percent of it is the X's and the O's. Put them players in bad position. He do horrible substitution. He has horrible game planning. Um, weak adjustments. This is the first game I really seen him make the adjustments. He came out they the way they shredded that zone. Carlos had their best half of football the whole season yesterday. They had three hundred and one yards going into the half. You understand me? Three hundred one going into the half. Kyle Merlin only missed one pass. There was a hot rod that Larry Fitzgerald missed. It wasn't even him. It wasn't even a bad throw for him. He made the right read, right throw, and it was wide open. Larry Fitzgerald just didn't turn his head in time. He went 10 or 11, 198 yards, two touchdowns in the first fucking half. This is a rookie quarterback with a rookie head coach, who, by the way, is hot shit himself. He made some stupid ass play calls. He made some dumb college play calls. Lincoln Riley, it's not Lincoln Riley, Cal Kingsbury. He made some dumbass calls. Guess what? Don't matter when you're playing the Falcons. That's a bad team with a bad coach and a rookie quarterback. That's a walkaway. Their defense is trash, and guess what? Arguably their best player wasn't even on the field, Patrick Peterson. He didn't play yesterday. But here we are in the dogfight. With the Cardinals. It, it, it baffled. It, it's baffling to me. And then he... What is this little thing he's doing this year? I was on Twitter and the guys, Alex, he breaks them down. Amazing. What's this new defense they're playing around when they go zero coverage but they only rush three? I, I don't understand that. He put everybody in there but only rush three. You pay attention to this dumbass shit he's doing? There's like no pressure, ain't have no cover. This is a recipe for disaster. So, in this instance, he continues continues to put his team in horrible position. Not to mention that stupid ass timeout that he called. I think it was early in the third quarter. It was third and ten. He calls timeout. After he calls timeout, don't fool trying him. They got like. Eight on the play. They go for a four for two. Get the four for two. They ain't no score on that draw. What was the purpose of the timeout? Why would you call that right? But it's done clear. What's your thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised at anything he does on the sideline anymore. So, like, I really. You know, I told you last week they should have fired him just off of mercy. Because, like, now he's costing himself future jobs in my mind. I think. You know what he's doing with mercy? 
he's gaining national attention, and that's something that the, the Falcons don't do. And nobody nationally cares what talk about the Falcons. But every time I watch, they're like, Dan Quinn can't make it to the bye. Dan Quinn would be fired by this. Dan Quinn should be fired. Like, it's so bad nationally. ESPN, FS1, NFL Network, everybody's saying Dan Quinn should be fired. And you never hear no one say nothing about the Falcons nationally, period. And then I said Julio Jones, but even if Julio Jones was in New York, if he were Kansas City, if he were the Patriots, like he would be, if he was Dallas, but they'd be talking about him all the time. Even Julio Jones don't get mentioned enough because he plays in Atlanta. Nobody cares about Atlanta sports. But Danny Quinn has gained national attention for how bad he is. And that's phenomenal. That also shows how incompetent, how out of touch, how ignorant the owner is when it comes to that team. This, this, this shows you what the owner is. He's not fit to run that team. Clearly. I'm sorry, go ahead. So I've said this several times. I think Arthur Blank is Father Time is undefeated. And I think Arthur Blank is the next one of his victims. Not so much like I hope he passed or nothing like that. Arthur Blank just moved old. Oh, 2003, 2004, 2005, Arthur Blank. Get him out of here quick, fast, and in a hurry. I just feel like Arthur Blank is old. And so you you made a good point. See, I, never thought, I never thought Arthur Blank was one of those kind of uh, owners. So the only thing Arthur Blank did wrong to me was he the only play, the only coach he got rid of too fast was Dan Dan Reeves. The rest of them, Mike Smith was here, but he didn't do Mike Smith any justice with the GM. Uh, Dan Quinn has been here too long. Mike Smith has been, was here for about five six years, and uh, Jim Moore was here for a while. They have four years. That Mike Vick thing would kill Jim Moore. Yeah, so I think so, that yeah, so Scott, I think that ultimately Mike Van Mike Vick forced his hand with Jim Moore. You know, right. Dan Reeves, I understand he wanted something new with him. I understand why he got rid of Dan Reeves. Like, I do understand. That's what I like he should not have got rid of him. Should not have got rid of him, but you don't understand why he got rid of him. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, well, Dan Reeves, all this, hey, Mike Vitt need to play this game a certain way. No, you let that boy play and play how he want to play. All this, we need to develop him and shit. I understand both, I understand both sides of that equation. Like, Dan Smith is thinking, you know, this is what it takes to win. Arthur Blank was like, no, we got something nobody's ever seen before. Just get him on the field and we'll figure out what. We, we'll work around him instead of him working around us. So I understood both sides of that. I don't think it was a right or a wrong. Um, Mike Smith, I actually like Mike Smith. I thought, you know, like you said, he didn't do Mike Smith no favors with Dimitrov. But I, I actually thought Mike Smith was decent. Like, I think that this is the worst coach in the Arthur Blank era. And I think that a younger Arthur Blank notices this and makes something shape before the, right now. This would be the week he would make something shape. But see, the problem that came with Dan Quinn was the timing of everything. So it's just like another terrible coach in the league is Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera always gets saved by the, his, by the skin of his teeth. Uh, they about to fire him this year, he goes to the Super Bowl. All right, you come back, you get a couple years off the Super Bowl, okay, now we're going to fire his ass. Can new hurt go down? Now they crack a goddamn striking. Well, we can't fire him now. He's still looking good. So he can't say it like that. And that's what Dan Apple, Dan Quinn. The first year we said he should have been fired. First time we didn't think he was, we didn't even know he was man for the job. I wanted Rex Ryan at that time. I'm not knowing if he was the man for the job, but that's what I wanted. Dan Quinn calls in have a bad first year. Okay. But then, like, the next year, the year after, he goes to the Super Bowl. No, not the year after. He, the next year, he goes to the Super Bowl. So after the Super Bowl, and you mentioned it, you're not gonna you're not gonna fire Dan Quinn and promote Kyle Shanahan. You're not gonna keep LaFleur, LaFleur there. You're gonna keep Dan Quinn there. All right, he go get Sarkeesian. We look back in, but we go back to the playoffs. Like he he's just saved by timing. The timing just ran short. It's over with. So I want to get my I want to get myself a little head right now. I said Dan Quinn should have been fired after the Super Bowl. They should have fired him and promoted Kyle Shanahan. You did? I said Steve Sharkeesian was not a good hire, and he was not a good hire. Yeah, but in his defense, last year they were the sixth-ranked offense. If he was there now, we would have been – they progressed. The second year, they always progressed. So under Steve, 
The remember the, everyone keeps talking about Kyle Shanahan like everybody forgot the first year of Kyle Shanahan. Motherfucker was hit at the gate, at the council gates with pitchforks and torches, one Kyle Shanahan on the spike. So let's go back to the Sarkeesian last year. They were number six, but if it had if it was a ranking of real time and garbage time numbers, the Falcons would have been number one in garbage time numbers and number thirtieth in real time numbers. See, I guess agree with it again because the, four of the games that they lost, uh, there was those games were decided by six points or less. Yeah, but a lot of so those games, just, like the Cincinnati game, Matt Ryan brought them back in that game, but they were never in that game. Like it was certain games that, game, but that, that that play that he had over Oliver. Wasn't one that caused up. The Baltimore game too. They had went up. It was up. It was like a minute of chain. So it was out of out of the nine losses, two of the games were games Falcons probably should have won. The rest of them were games they should have lost. Like, and I think the numbers don't do that justice. It was only a couple things that you seen was like they blowed it. Like Pittsburgh blowed us the fuck out. Yeah, but it was a couple close games. The Browns blew us the fuck out. Like Matt Ryan did bring us back in that game, but like that was like it was certain games where like. The, like, I just go back to Cincinnati, and I go back to, like, those games, just like, um, was it Tennessee? What game would, like, even this game, this game was different. The Falcons were never in some of those games, and then they just come back at the end and make it look good. They did a lot of window dressing last year. But, you know, I want to touch back on your point about you want a Rich Ryan. Would you take Rich Ryan now? Oh, I don't know. Right now, to be honest with you, they keep talking about all these different coaches who to tell. Like everyone keeps talking about this Lincoln Riley. I wouldn't do that. Uh, I think he's vastly overrated. But go ahead. Well, so a lot of people talk about these. Like first, you got to see what direction the team going to go. Are they going to tank the whole team or what? Because they're not going to tank the whole team. You need a ready-made coach. So you can't give if you're if you're sixteen on the starting to drive. You don't get on the keys to a 2019 Bugatti. You get that motherfucker the keys to a 1995 Geo prison with a stick. That's what you get him the keys to. So you don't, you, I don't think you go Lincoln Riley. Now, they, everyone's enamored, and I think the, a good hire is that um, Kansas City coach, <laughs> the offensive coordinator, forgot his name, the black guy. Oh, Eric Bianami. Yeah, I, I, I like him. But as far as Josh McDaniels, I, I always had this thing about, I don't care about some of them goddamn coaching staff motherfuckers. Who have been successful out of Bill Belichick coaching tree in the pros? Nobody. You're not getting Bill Belichick. You're getting Josh McDaniel. That's what we went wrong with Dan Quinn. We didn't get Pete Carroll. We got Dan Quinn. So cut the bullshit. We're not getting that. We're not getting the guy. We're getting a guy. And if it was a guy that I want, you know who never comes up in any conversation who I would want to get or even talk about? Why nobody talk about Greg Williams? Well, he had his time. I mean, he, who was the head coach of Buffalo? I mean, they didn't look great when he was the head coach. Yeah, but you seen what he did last year when they fired got down uh, Hugh Jackson with, with with the Browns. Yeah, but you and can't fall for that trap. Is it just one of the ones? Like, I'm sure if they fight Dan Quinn today, the Falcons will probably make a shit ton of noise. Is it just Dan Like, is it, you can't fall for that person that is woefully inept and they just need a new voice. Yeah, I like his voice though. I like out of a team of nice guys, you need a dog in there. We ain't got no dogs on the field. We could have a dog. We need a dog on the sideline. You ain't got no dogs on the field. Yeah, but I'm one of them people who like we'll be eight and eight with him next year, and then y'all will be saying what the fuck the Falcons did because yeah, Greg. I like Greg Williams. I mean, I, eh, I would. I, I so they had you know out. You made the best point. It depends on what they want to do with this team. I like Eric Bieniemy. But I I would not give Airbnb this Matt Ryan, Julio Jones team. I don't like Lincoln Ryan, LaRiley. I think he's overrated because whenever they play a team with equal talent, they always lose. But whatever. You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to get. Huh? The only college coach I want would be uh, Harbaugh. And I don't know how good that would be, but that's the only college coach I would want. I, don't wanna... I, like, I think Harbaugh come in here. And I do think that, that would be, he would be perfect for this team. Like, new voice. Get, run the offense he want to run. I think he could turn this team into a Super Bowl team next year. They just I need something different. Like I'm, and I'm a, and I'm a huge Jim Harbaugh hater, but I do feel like he's a good coach for this type of team. What about everyone keeps talking about this Mike Tomlin joint? Oh, I love Mike Tomlin. 
Let me say something. If, if Pittsburgh, which I don't think Pittsburgh will find Mike Tomlin. If Pittsburgh find Mike Tomlin and Atlanta don't make a play on him, I'll never be an Atlanta Falcon fan again. Is it because he's black? Huh? Is it because he's black? I don't know why they wouldn't. I, no, I'm I saying you. Is it because cause he's black? Why you wouldn't be a Falcon fan again they didn't make a play on Oh No, 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 because he's clearly the best candidate for the job. He is the best person. If you go into the surgery, you don't get you, and you got a chance to get the world renowned surgeon for this for this thing. You go get the world renowned surgeon. You don't go get somebody two years out of med school or some local joker. You go get the world renowned surgeon. If Mike Tomlin, the job, I don't give a shit. It's just if Bill Belichick, if Doug Peterman, I don't care about the color. It's who's the best at this job. Like so, if you were Andy Reid, I would say no. And the Reed, he well, he the biggest bag of uh, uh, fake dope you ever seen. And the Reed isn't what a city like Atlanta need. And I tell you something, what Andy Reed would succeed Pittsburgh. Uh, he just need so like Andy Reed just need tougher. He needs somebody. He needs something tough in his side. He need a tough fan base. Like, and I mean an established tough fan base. He established Philly. Like they were tough, but they were always that kind of tough, but couldn't really fight. He made them into decent fighters. So now they can be tough with a little back, a little spine. Like a place like New England, Philly, Andy Reid would succeed all day, every day. Because they would hold them them reasons he failed, he would listen. Huh? Yeah, they would hold on to a level of accountability. Yeah, a level. And a lot of we'll sink in a mediocre we'll sink even more in the mediocre, but a good numbers. We'll be we'll be twelve and four losing every we'll be what we are. A consistent twelve and four. We'll be Kansas City. Yeah. So I'd go back and ask you I'd go back and ask about Rich Ryan. I actually like the idea of Rich Ryan. Like, more so now than I did then. Like, they're going to keep this team and try to Super Bowl the bus. I actually like the idea of Rick's round. He's a fucking clown and all this and all that. But I actually like the idea of Rick's to run this particular team. I like it then. I don't know now because he's been out. So, I don't know. I'm going to tell you who I did like, but he's looking bad now. But I think it's because of the quarterback. I the fact that Bruce Arians. I like the Bruce Arians. I wish Bruce Arians would have came in. I, I wouldn't be mad with Bruce Harris. Like I, it, it, you couldn't go to him now. Like I, so if you had to ask me, I would rank. I would say Mike Tomlin and Rich Ryan. Those would be my, and then Eric Bieniemy. But like I, like those would be my three in that order. Yeah, but the, the rest of these clowny, Josh McDaniels, and all these other. Yeah, you're not getting them. And I think that we, I think that, I think that the NFL, and not just the Falcons. I think every team feels like they have to get a coordinator. Like you don't like, and that's why I think Jim Harbaugh was such a John Harbaugh was such a great hire for Baltimore. Like you don't need to, you just need to get somebody who know how to handle men, who know how to run men, get the most out of them. Like they don't have to be a coordinator. That part doesn't matter because you're going to hire coordinators. And right. like you said this best last week, you're going through the same fifteen motherfuckers. So like you don't necessarily like you don't need that part of. You just need to be able to manage certain things. And this is what Dan Quinn feels. One, well, several reasons why Dan Quinn feel. In that Super Bowl, let's always go back to that. In these in the six-game losing streak, whenever the Falcons had hard times, he didn't know how to stop them, calm down the ship, and write it. One next and those thing, any of these major failings, is a, hey, how do I get my men regroup and focus and recenter? And Dan Quinn didn't have it. Bill Belichick is probably the only one who's doing X's and O's to some level. Pete Carroll, who's a decent coach, ain't touching X's and O's. Mike Tomlin, who's a decent coach, ain't touching X's and O's. Sean Payton is, but he's only doing it on one side of the field. A lot of that shit is on the other side of the field. You know, like, he let the other people do what they do. So, you know, I just feel like with a team like Falcons, that's what you need. Dan Quinn is Jason Garrett with worst time management skills. That's what it is. He's a I think that's Jason a slight to Jason Garrett. Huh? I think that's a slight to Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's trash. Yo, but it's but a Dan different Quinn's look. Worse. Dan Quinn's much worse, but in Jason Garrett's defense, it's a whole nother level of pressure when you're coaching the Cowboys. Like, and I'm not a. Uh, I think Jason Garrett sucks. I think Dan Quinn would have folded under that pressure. Oh, he would not have made it at all. Yo, know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> put Jason Garrett on the Falcons. They still, they are what they are. Probably they'd be better than what they were with Dan Quinn. That's I'm saying it like that. Yeah, they'd be better than that. They would not have had a losing season. We'll all, we'll be good. We'll be mediocre good. It'd be the same story. The good bad team. No yeah, yeah. They yeah. won't be going no well, but they'll just be mediocre good. 
Yeah, so we'll be eight, we'll be between eight and eight and ten and twelve and four every year, but no real threat. No, 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 that roster. We'll be we'll be like like uh, the Cowboys a little bit better. We'll be twelve and whatever, thirteen, eleven. We'll be ten wins a better season. The talent. I was watching some stuff today, and somebody was like, "What happened to the Falcons? The two most the two most disappointing teams this year. Well, now three was the Browns because the Browns." Yeah, but they were just a bunch of hype. So the Browns were just, they were a bunch of unfounded hype because they brought in one person who's never won they anything. Yeah. They, 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 they brought in a whole bunch of names who never won anything, never did anything right. other than them say. Right. But them folks came in with that got the high hopes. They got, they came in like that. But the Chargers and the Falcons were supposed to be legit. It's supposed to be legit playoff. Pedic- teams with some pedigree. They were teams. Well, I mean, they have some pedigree. They may not be championship pedigree, but they they have. Oh, they got pets. You might win the fight, but you're going to get roughed up. Yeah. Right. And so you're going to lose some, too, with them. The truck, everybody came back healthy with the Falcons. They got rid of all the coordinators. If Dirk Carter or somebody, Matt Ryan already knew, the Chargers came back right. The Chargers, all that, the motherfuckers went 13-3 last year. They got down Trump on Melvin Gordon. Like the Chargers and the Falcons look like they can be top five picks. They look terrible. And that's inexcusable. But for the Falcons, it's been way too long. Again, everybody talking about firing the Chargers coach. Everybody talking about firing man, uh, Dan Quinn. And after you get out coached by King, uh, Kingsbury yesterday, I was looking at it today. Somebody was mentioning it was 73 passes between the two teams, 73 throws between Matt Ryan. And uh, Kyler Murray, and only 16 of them was incomplete. Why well, that's inexcusable? And Kyler Murray had 10 of them. That's inexcusable. Motherfuckers still want to blame Matt Ryan. He was over 350-something yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He went 30 for 36. Yeah, but that's another deceptive stat. That was a tale of two halves on both sides. But that's the adjustment. That wasn't deceptive at all. It was in the game. They only lost one. It was a, a shank field goal kick with lost it. So nah, but hold on. Game. The first half, the score, the Cardinals look like world beaters, and the Falcons look like they couldn't do anything right on both sides of the ball. And they still scored seven points, didn't they? Or ten points? It was ten to twenty-four. Okay. So, like, they turned like, it up. What do y'all want to happen in there? I don't, I don't understand where y'all start that bullshit. Because I like, think that that's one of them things. No, no, I think that's one of them things where, to Lennox always says it wasn't a shootout the whole time. Matt Ryan just garbage time numbers. Now, granted, they the Falcons take too long to get their car going offensively. And maybe because the defense is so shitty. But it turns the game into something that it, it really wasn't. It wasn't a competitive game back and forth the whole time. The Cardinals dominated the first half. The Falcons dominated the second half. And it came down to a kick, and the kick missed. That's not like back and forth to me. That's not back and forth, So, I, I don't, so this is... This one, and that way doesn't make any sense when people say that. Because it's not going to be the whole game. There, there's there's runs on, in most games. Yeah, but it, that there's wasn't a run. run. So the Philly game was back and forth. So, like, yeah, there was some dead spots in there with one team. But that was a back and forth game for the most part. This game was a one team. It was two games. One half, one game. Another half, another game. Tell the two halves, but again, that's what adjustments and coaching is for. Falcon came out different in the second half and did the first half. Oh, I'm not knocking that. Half. I'm just saying it wasn't the back and forth game. That was the back and forth is different than what this game was. Okay, so we won the second half. They won the first half. Yeah. Neither stats was padded or no garbage can stats. Or no, 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 no. Could actually got themselves back into the game. I'm not saying that. So I'm not saying it was garbage time numbers. You know garbage time numbers. Like Minnesota, they had no chance of winning that game, and they just strike and just strike. You know garbage time numbers. Those weren't garbage time numbers. No, that's what I'm saying. You're not supposed to stop playing. That's what everyone when somebody said, man, them stats are packed. Are they supposed to stop playing? Because that'll be an issue. If you're down by 20 points this fourth quarter, five minutes left, your team start running the ball and running the clock, you'll have a major issue with that. Yeah, but you know that – You know though, you know that stat pad because they it's almost like kicking a field goal when you're down twenty to three with three minutes left. What's a field goal really gonna do? You should just go for it and hope to get a, you know hope that you can move the ball. But you can say that yeah, so you, you can say, "Hey, I wasn't shut out." No, you still have to play football. You have to keep playing. 
Yeah, but until the whistle blows, you have to play. Yeah, but again, some of those numbers in that Minnesota game, we know those are garbage. And garbage time numbers are numbers where you know the game is pretty much decided, but you still got to your point, you still got to play. So this year, which one has been garbage time numbers besides Minnesota? Because Houston wasn't. Because he was still, we were we were eight points into that game with London Houston and Minnesota. Arizona weren't. What about no? The Colts weren't either. They came within three. They don't lost by two or four. They lost twenty to twenty four. The Colts uh, was defense giving up crucially. No, no, a lot of this is situation because of the defense. So that's part of the problem. So the Colts weren't. I would say ten, ten, Tennessee kind of sort of was. So this is what happened, and this is our mo. Our offense starts off very, very slow, but it turns the corner. So all the games in the first half were down, but our offense turns the corner. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe they're cutting them a good at adjustments and not good at starting off the game, which means yeah, what I the fuck are they doing during the week? We, we don't come out hot. We come out cold, actually. But everybody else comes out scorching hot. Right, because of that fucking uh, – because of that defenses. And when I told somebody, I don't keep talking about with Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan. Can you imagine Matt Ryan playing against the Falcon defense, what it looked like? <laughs> Any good quarterback. We're making bad – Think about the quarterback we just lost to, Jer- Jacob Brissett. We lost to Marcus Mariota. They benched Marcus Mariota Sunday. Right. He got his ass benched how bad he is. We just lost to Kyler Murray. They have they no folks said I'll watch the game. These two teams can move it between the 20 and 20, but neither one of them scored good in the red zone. We let them motherfuckers score with ease. Kirk Cousins was shit up until Sunday, and he said went back off. But they only had a hundred yards against us. The only real person, the only real quarterback we played was Houston, and that motherfucker almost had 500 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, and I, so, I'm, man, like, I think Deshaun Watson is just slightly above average. He's bare, he's in the good category. And he had almost 500 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. So the Falcons aren't even. That's how our defense is looking. Our defense is terrible. Terrible. But yesterday, I, I like the fact that God intervened. I didn't want to hear that bullshit that was going to come with Atlanta Sports Radio and that fake shit that was going to come out of Dan Quinn's mouth. Had a good game. We're going to turn the corner. I wanted them to lose. But it's the beauty of it that I'm not invested like I used to be. Because those are the kind of heartbreaking losses that Falcon fans have to experience that you don't experience no more. Did you care that Matt Brown missed the kick? I was hoping they weren't going to be in it that close. No, I wanted them to win that game. I didn't. Why? Why did you want them to win? For Matt Ryan's sake. Like, him, Austin Hooper. Like, the offense showed real warrior mentality. Like, they never gave up. Like, that's one of those life lessons that, you you know, you want to see somebody rewarded at the end. You never give up even when the chips are down. You try hard, and it'll turn your way at some point. Hey, and they got a life lesson like you just said. It ain't what you know, it's who you know. It doesn't matter. The good guy does loses in the end. Ain't no fairytale in this. You do die at the end of this shit. That's a real life lesson. You can really give it all you got and one for the gipper. And you'll laugh. Your ass will still lose. There'll still be somebody paying off somebody or still somebody who's less qualified, who knows somebody, and they'll get the position that you was going for. And that's what happened yesterday. Yeah, Matt Ryan was in the shootout. Even Devontae Freeman came with 88 yards rushing this time. He looked good. Ryan didn't look. Go ahead. Ryan didn't look as bad as I usually look. Although McGarrity is giving me cause for concern because he's not looking that good. I still think he's a he, rookie. He might be. He can beat a lot by some of everybody. Everybody's beating him. I just think he's a rookie. But, so I'm not as concerned as you are. Well, no, 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 no. I, I think that's what it is. I think when he gets into where he's going, we're going to have a hell of a line. Because I think about it, they throwing him in the fire now. He wasn't even there for preseason like that. The kid was in had surgery. No, was he a rookie? He got a lot of rust on him. He ain't been playing. So I think they're going to shape up pretty good. I think the line going to be good next year. But that being said, yeah, I love it. Thank you, Matt Brown, for missing that game. I don't. I didn't want to go two and four. I want to be one and five. There's only two other games I really want to win. 
And then I'd rather they go three and thirteen this year. Honestly. So you can count me as one of those delusional fans. Cause I thought this was actually could have been the beginning of something good. Cause what you mean? I thought they could beat the Cardinals, beat the Rams, and then maybe probably lose to Seattle and be three and five. Oh no. And go from there. Yeah. Could they? Are they do they have what it takes to do it? Yeah, but not as long as they got Dan Quinn and coaching. And unfortunately, because of the kind of owner and front office we had, they're not going to remove him unless forced. So we need them to lose and lose embarrassment. I want I needed them to lose. the Cardinals should be they should have this should have been announcement Monday. Dan Quinn should have been fired for that loss. But they'll say some shit like we was one kick away. And that's the problem with the Falcons. See, I'm going to come and put good dick in us. Hopefully the Rams do the same thing. And then, uh, who the hell? And then the Saints, thank God. Hopefully Drew Reed come back. Oh, they ain't fit on them hoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to be embarrassed. I want them to be embarrassed. That's what I want. I just want them to win one game against the Saints and beat San Francisco because Kyle Shanahan was on that whole shit. That's it. Everybody else, I want Jamie Winston to come down here. Put up five hundred yards. I want, I want, the, I want the Panthers. The way it's looking, I don't want Cam starting. I want that that white boy now. I want McCaffrey going for three hundred for scrimmage. I, I want everybody to come in here and have a career because everybody else is having career days against the Falcons. Have their career day, fuck them, and let's go ahead and get Dan Quinn out of here. We're not going to do nothing long as Dan Quinn. That man took over the defense. For Marquez Manuel and defense got worse. That was his side of the ball, huh? So get him out of here. As far as the game go yesterday, both offenses look it was a hell of an offensive showdown. They came and play. Austin Hooper has taken it to the next level. Man Ryan's playing like an MVP. Good numbers again. He's throwing, he's in these games. I will say this, Julio had acquired over 100 yards, but Julio's not as impactful as he once was. I, I don't know what's going on with him. He had 100 yards, though. Uh, we got Calvin Ridley involved a little bit. They still don't get a ball to Muhammad Sanu enough. Freeman got our running game going. I like that. Great Austin Hooper's a problem. Huh? Austin Hooper a problem. What you mean? Oh, for the lead? Yeah. Oh yeah, they they can't do nothing with him. He like what Kerry Kittle was last year. They they can't do. He's a matchup nightmare. I know some of the people on Digital Day aren't aren't big fans of Austin Hooper, but he a real problem. He show up every week. He do what he gonna do. He not the top tier. He not that Bones Morris group, but he damn sure in that second group with tight end, and he leading that second group. Let me tell you something. If he continues going this way, you got to put him up there with the Zach Ertz, Kittles, and the, um, and Kelsey. If he keep going the way he's going, you going to have to. He's doing the exact same thing they're doing. Yeah. So if he keeps going, I know him more than the most because he's on my fantasy. He keeps going. He's the only thing on my fantasy. <laughs> he keeps going. Oh, I get my ass. Beat the sleeping fantasy. I scored 48 points just uh, this week. He keeps going. I, Matt Ryan hasn't gave up. Everybody talk that Matt Ryan shit. Matt Ryan be getting his ass worked in the pocket. Hey, y'all don't see the his Matt Ryan tape. Matt Ryan ain't gave up. Muhammad Sanu hasn't haven't given up. Austin Hooper haven't given up. Greater Jared playing his ass off. There was some faces, though, in that first half. Like, it looked like the, the players are getting tired of this shit. And when you start having that, you have a problem. So I think that I'm unfairly going to say, Julio always look at like, hey, did the check clear? Cool. That's all he worried about. Huh? Well, he just, he, he do his job. He do it well, though. Yeah. He don't, he don't look like he's invested in it. He just, hey, what's my job? I'm going to do my job. He be like, but you can, you can depend on him. He's here on time. He work his ass off. But it don't look like, hey, 5, five o'clock, he clocking out. He ain't at 501. But between that, he's the most productive. He's winning employee of the month. Meanwhile, you got some motherfuckers coming in two hours early, staying an hour and a half late, but can't do what he does. Yeah. I think that's what Julio is. He's just that good. He don't have to. And he don't. It don't. It don't. 
Like, he don't give a shit. He, they can lose like a motherfucker. You don't care. No, and that's my point. He lo- They can lose or they can win. As long as the check clear, I'm good. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. He good. But it look like some of them, like, it look like Granny Jared is invested. Like Matt Ryan is invested. Muhammad Sanu is that good guy who, he that good guy at work who, you know, you like working with him. Yeah, Julio is a better yeah, he, y'all were way less when Julio was around, but Mama Snoop got your spirit. So, hey, guys, how y'all doing today? Hey, I bought donuts. Get in the break room get you a donut, man. Orange juice in the refrigerator. Like, that's like Mama Snoop. And he a decent worker. Yeah, he's a good worker. Austin Hooper's just got hired, but he's showing prospect. He's showing promise. Matt Ryan's the manager. But what difference does it make when the owner of the company not giving a shit about the company? And the person he got in charge is a Kruger Industries from Seinfeld. Say it again? Kruger Industries from Seinfeld. You remember <laughs> <laughs> You remember George got a job at Kruger Industries and he you know, this was the one company George could take his bullshit to the max. Cause the owner was like, George was like, Hey, I did it, I don't like oh I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like and like basically George was like, This is the one place where they're more incompetent than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where Arthur Mike is. And he's hired. What was that shell company uh, Judge had? He had that fake company. He was in the unemployment office. Oh, they yeah. Worse for they gave Jerry Seinfeld number. Oh, Vandalay Industries. <laughs> Vandalay Industries. That's, that's Dan Quinn coming in with the pants around his ankle. Vandalay Industries. <laughs> that's Dan Quinn. Vandalay Industries. <laughs> Say Vandalay Industries. <laughs> <laughs> and the fans are like Jared look when he fell on the floor well would you look at you <laughs> shaking his head that's the fans and you want to work for my company and you want to work for my and you want to work for me <laughs> that's, that's, that's what the fans are so that's where we at with it right now are you uh, are you anywhere on the panic o meter or where are you panicking wise scale of 1 and 10 a Three. I think the Falcons are gonna do what you said. They're gonna win. They're gonna come back at the end of the year, win enough. Cause the schedule sit. They play Jacksonville. The Falcons. My God, the set schedule sets up for them to win six, seven games and blow everything. It's at the fuckers. Is what it's said to do. The only uh, no, that's why they got to get rid of Dan Quinn so he don't get the credit for this shit. Right, and by the by, because Tampa Bay and the Panthers look like trash. And, uh, and Jacksonville. Everybody was, talking shit about New Orleans. New Orleans is squeaking wins out their ass. It's not like they dominate. It's just, man, they, you want to talk about X's and O's. That's what good coaching gets you. Teddy Bridgewater ain't looking like shit. But that defense came, have come out of nowhere. they doing they doing just enough like, to survive. Hey, they just waiting on their man. They, you know what they are. That bitch talking a whole bunch of shit in the club going, wait till my man get here. When her man pull up, y'all better run. Y'all talk all this shit, but when she, oh, here you go right here. Y'all better take off. Okay, he coming with an AK-47. He just coming to lay that block down. You better get out of here. You can't, he gonna spin the bean. And that's what they waiting on. If they're doing all this right now with Teddy Bridgewater, they ain't gonna, El Kamari ain't been making no noise. Thomas ain't been making no noise. But the offense don't make no noise. Like you wait till Drew Brees get back in that motherfucker with that defense. Lord, have mercy. It really gonna be between the Saints uh, and the Rams. Possibly. I mean, not the Rams, excuse me. The Saints and uh, Seattle. Maybe, possibly San Francisco, but I don't believe in them. This shit is between Seattle and the Saints. I put Green Bay in the two Jika Aaron Rodgers. I, I, think they, I think they have. I don't, I don't, they ain't really playing nobody. Hmm. Agreed. I mean, they early Chicago. Chicago's turned out to be who Chicago you thought Chicago was. Detroit, That's why I knew the fact that you offer Matt Ryan right now for hey, just give me your next ten years draft for Matt Ryan. I mean, if you're gonna salvage, that's the only way I go with Kyle Kingsbury. If we're gonna salvage this team, then go. You might well get that college coach to come on with it and grow with it. I get Lee. I get Airbnb. Whoever, I, if that would. Fine, but we're gonna keep this team intact. Then this is on a two cold shootout here. But Dan Quinn has to go. 
Like, he have to go. He have to – the whole front office have to go. Like, at this point, Richard McKay needs to go. He's still holding on. Scott Pioli, Bill Delaney, most importantly, Thomas Dimitrov. There's no way you can fire a second coach and have that same GM. Like, that's not possible. I don't even know that's ever been done in history besides, like, Jerry Jones doing it because he's the GM, and he, but he's the owner. So there's no way you can fire – he should not live past Mike Smith. But there's no way you can keep Thomas Dimitrov in here. You can't justify that. But they got to get rid of all these motherfuckers this year. They got to do a comp- – Ozzie has to do a complete clean house, and I don't think that's what he does, honestly. I agree with that. <laughs> so what grades do you give him yesterday after yesterday's performance? I get offense a B-. minus. How? Offense didn't fail. They didn't start out. Again, it takes forever to get the car going. Now, Again, you, it don't matter how you start or it's how you finish. So you had them start in the beginning. So listen, I rather them start matter. and stay. Who? I rather them start good and stay good. Oh, so it doesn't matter if it's if I can't give my A. They had a they had a C minus at halftime and an A plus in the second half. They don't get an A for that. Come on, man! You got the thirty four points. I don't care how you got that. You got that. Again, you're looking at the end result. If they score 17 points at halftime, they win that game. I don't think so. 17 plus the number you said, they win the game. No, 17 plus 17 don't matter because they were going to score their 35 too now. So, again, I think the offense has room for improvement, a lot of room, and mainly starting out hot. Starting out good, staying good. Right. So I, I give, give him a B minus. I'm assuming you gonna give him an A plus. I give him a. I give him a. Yeah, you gotta really give him an A plus. They didn't have nothing wrong. They only missed. We only missed six. We only had six incompletion. Uh, Freeman almost ran for 100 yards. He had two touchdowns. Receiving like so. Quit looking at the end of it. What would you give him at halftime? At halftime, yo. Uh, C plus. And what? Okay. So you don't care. You just care ultimately what happened at the end of the game. Well, that's what adjustments are for in coaching. It doesn't matter how the thing start off because that's what that's what adjustments are really for. Before I had to really fight, they had to fight to get back in that game. So now, then, why do any practice and, and and board work during the week if it's just gonna be hey, let's come out and do what we do. Then let's make the adjustment. Would you be really good at adjusting? You have to do that for the, You have to do that to know the adjustments and to prepare yourself for the adjustments that's coming. Both sides of the balls made adjustments at the halftime. Okay. Both sides made adjustments. So but it, I expect for them. Listen, I expect for you to get hit in the mouth and fight back. They fall back. So you give them an A. I give them an A. I give them a B minus. Would you get a defense? <laughs> I mean, else. How can you? So how can that not apply to the defense? Because they stopped them in the second half. I mean, they still put up what they put up in the second. That's half. What, so that's my point. You giving them the same. You giving them an elf when they basically did what they did. What the offense did? They started bad, and finished good. I get a defense an elf because of their ineptitude. The difference with them was the Cardinals let up some and start doing they, they're still a bad football team so what the Cardinals did was they still they but that, everything you're going to say applies to both sides of the ball they're still a bad football no, team no, no, no because their defense the Cardinals defense is better than the Cardinals <coughs> so when you have they still have like Terrell Suggs they still have what was it Chandler uh, they still have a couple of guys on that motherfucker so the offense for the Cardinals the reason why I said that because they let off the gas offensively. Their defense was pretty much consistent the whole way through. Offensively, they did what a lot of teams do when they get the lead. They let off the gas. Uh, and you can say but, defensively they fell apart. They didn't make the adjustments uh, the Falcons made. They didn't make the adjustments, no. But they, they, they didn't let off the gas. And that's the difference that I'm saying. To me, offensively they let off the gas. I disagree. The I have, hold on. The reason why I said I get a defensive elf. Is because whenever they wanted to, they could score again. So when we tied it up, they could score again. When we came close, they could score again. That's the difference. Once the offense got going, they wasn't stopping our offense. Our offense was going. 
But the defense, yeah, they had to stop here and there. But when they needed it, like when we got up, they scored. Like whenever they wanted to, they can go again. And that's why I get them out. They couldn't stop them. So if it was 24 at the half, they ain't scoring 35. Was it 24 or was it 21? It was 24 at the half. What was it? 24 at the half. 24 at the half. Whenever they wanted to again, they could score again. But it was no They went for that four for two. That was, man, man no folk could do what they want to against the, the, the offense, that defense. So that's why I get them an L. I think it's a real problem. They got to see how to put these boys in better position because our defense ain't. Like world beaters, but they are not this bad. The defense is not this bad. We have more talent than this. What about coaching? What you give coaching? I get defense what, D. What you give? What you get? You get defense what? D. Why D? I think it's the same thing. They improve throughout the game. The same case you're gonna make for the offense is the same case I make for the defense. So why you get them a D and not a B? They didn't improve as much as the offense did. They improved. It was an F minus minus at halftime, and it was a C minus at the end, and make it a D minus, or it's a D. We don't do special team, right? Was there anything special team to happen? They missed the fucking field goal to tie the game. Right, right, right. F is special team. Matt Brown, have, do you, have Matt Brown looked the same to you since he's been back this year? He looked old, but I, I, it's interesting. Nobody's giving Matt Brown the fault for that loss. It is interesting. Matt Brown don't look the same. Uh, it looked like it was a reason why they cut him going into the season. And the only reason why we had to get him back because the mother motherfuckers we had was shitty. So they had to go get him back, but Matt Brown don't look the same. He don't miss a couple of kicks this year. They get an F minus. What about the coaching staff? They got to get a B minus or C. I give them an F. You just talked about how they made adjustments. They did. The adjustments on defense wasn't impressive. He came back in. They scored that first round right out of halftime. So after halftime, our offense looked totally different. Our defense looked the same. They really let You got to hear the announcement of that and watch that game. Like The announcement was really on point. It was some good announcement. Uh, but... He came back out when they zoned off the first half, which is a disaster. He came back out in zero-man coverage with a three-man rush. So we wasn't getting any pressure on the quarterback, and we were leaving our players out to dry. Like the only re- that kid had 346 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, the only reason he didn't have more is because they started doing dumb shit. Like he had a – what was a third or something? He did like a quarterback – it was a real gimmicky college play. They was moving the ball, and he did a a, a snap with the receiver at at a quarterback, and that went nowhere. And the was like, "Why would you do that if they had a momentum?" And what was your thoughts on that? And the other one was like, "Well, I like the play call. It's all right, but uh, you know that's why you got to mix it up." And so, but the other was like, "If he's moving down the field, which he was, why why stop him from doing what he's doing?" Kyler Murray was shredding them people, man. It went close, and they wasn't making any kind of cut. He wasn't hit, hurried, nothing. I don't recall him getting hit. He definitely wasn't sacked. No picks, no nothing. That defense was, it just let off. And when they wanted to, they cranked, they crumped back up. That's all they did. They just let off. So that's why I still give him an L. That, he has to, shit I've ever seen. You cannot get pressure with four. So you either go five, you either blitz five or six, but you never, you never rush three if you can't get pressure at four. And that's what he did. So no, I get him an elf. As far as my panic on the season, it's at minus five, zero. I don't have no panic. I want them to lose every game, except for two. I don't want them to win, and I want them to start getting embarrassed more. I don't want it to be close game. I want to embarrass me. That's just me. Any other Falcon fan here ain't got a problem with it at me. I don't give a shit. All 
I'm not worried at all. I think that we promised the fans we would do these for the rest of the year. But it's so tempting not to do these anymore. I was thinking that yesterday. I legit was thinking there's no sense in doing it. I don't think they're worth it. I was thinking the same thing. Maybe we replace it with something else. Maybe instead of doing these, we just good grades and talk about the league in general and get the Falcons out. Go back to kicks and picks. Yeah, maybe we do that. Maybe we spend the first five minutes on first ten minutes on rapid reaction and then go from there. Yeah, then we have to change about schedule. We'll talk about that after the podcast. But yeah, we might go to kicks and picks instead of focusing on these clowns. They clowns. They don't deserve our fanhood. To quote Mister Mob. Man, matter of fact, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Digital Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend.